Welcome to the Nature Walk Podcast by Vagabond Naturalists. My name is Tim, and this is Episode 2. This story is about a backcountry hike in the High Sierra of the John Muir Wilderness in August of 2016. I'll stay awake for just one more. I've got my mummy bag cinched up with just enough of a hole to breathe and to watch the stars. From the corner of my eye, another tiny, short-lived streak marks the dark sky of the high Sierra, the tenth shooting star in as many minutes. That one was pretty small. I'll wait for one more. I have no idea what time it might be, but I've set up my bedding with a view of the rising constellations of Cassiopeia and Perseus, and with the moon having set, it must be well past midnight. The sky clear, dark, and cold at 11,500 feet. The condensation of my breath forms ice on the thin nylon around me. My eyelids are heavy, and my fatigue body not quite warm enough, but my patience is rewarded. A long yellow ribbon drags for several seconds through the air directly above me, the afterglow of vaporized space dust lingering for a noticeable moment, raining delicately earthward. That was a good one to fall asleep to. It is not certain how much space stuff falls to Earth from meteorites, but with perhaps 20,000 or more of them entering the atmosphere daily, it adds up to a lot. Educated guesses are measured in tons, many tons, possibly 100 tons, possibly a lot more, every day. My bar napkin calculations from these numbers come out a bit weird, but even though it is a hard thing to measure with our current resources, it's an intriguing reminder that the Earth and everything on it, including our own bodies, are made up of stardust, and as the Earth sweeps around on its orbit, we continue to accrete more. The Perseid meteor shower I've been enjoying occurs every year on schedule, as our planet passes through the dust trail left behind by Comet Swift-Tuttle on its own 133-year oblong loop around the sun and back. Perhaps some of that dust collecting on your windowsill came directly from the wispy tail of a cosmic ice ball. The Earth actually loses mass regularly as well. Through radioactive decay in the core and light gases such as helium and hydrogen drifting away from the atmosphere, these numbers, too, are hard to pinpoint, but relative to the mass of our planet, they are rather insignificant, and the gain versus loss is close enough to call it a draw for humanity's point of view. That is to say that this stony refuge in an otherwise inhospitable universe is a fluid place, built on mostly imperceptible changes. Sometimes we can't help but to notice. I've lived my life among some of the Earth's notable surface cracks, and have felt her stretch and buckle with equal portions of fear and exhilaration. Our biggest tembler is still just a global eye twitch. Microscopic additions and subtractions accumulating over incomprehensible spans of time, punctuated by kinetic movements of massive proportions. This is the workshop of landscapes. We and the rest of the biotic community are along for the ride, but not entirely without input. 
These high mountains are a sharp edge of all this change, an upward corner rising sharply ahead of the gravity that chips away a few tons at a time, rolling boulders into piles and channeling ice and water. Scrambling up a 12,000-foot pass one afternoon, I recline with a view down Seven Gables Basin, my shoulders cupped into a concavity of granite. The firmness of stone translates a sensation of the hard valley below. I imagine the pressure of a thousand feet of ice and snow pressing and creeping downward. The pulverized granite turned to fine silt filling in gaps and giving purchase to seeds and roots. One hundred thousand years of exquisite polishing revealed slowly as the receding ice gives way to wide slabs of slippery granite interspersed with rich meadows of miniature plants flourishing on the new soil. Climbing the high passes and shoulders of peaks, you cannot escape the fresh jumbles of rocks, an aftermath of every peak still pushing upward. There is a surprising amount of solace in clamoring through labyrinths of talus, never sure if one of these minivan-sized chunks is ready to continue downhill, their brethren above patiently awaiting their turn. You can't really feel the truth of mountain-building tectonic forces until you've scuffed yourself while negotiating a tedious traverse across a tenuously stabilized landscape. It's then that you might stop and notice the colorful patinas of orange, green, and burgundy. The complement of that gentle rain of stardust in the skin of lichens, enigmatic mixtures of three kinds of species, conjoined as one organism, thriving on exposed granite, the first wave of organic decomposition, whittling a few atoms at a time. Closer to the stars, close to earth processes, closer still to tiny life forms that yet withhold some mysteries. I'm humbled equally by the vast as by the minuscule. As a postscript to these thoughts, it's two months later, and I've just returned after joining a 36-hour search-and-rescue team. We were flown into one of the most beautiful and remote corners of Kings Canyon National Park, bivouacking amidst the dusting of the first October snow. It's an area I'm familiar with, having traveled across and camped in the same trailless granite as our lone missing hiker. The solace I spoke of may have been hard to feel, as closure on this man's story remains elusive, and winter has arrived at 12,000 feet. The creeks and ponds are covered in the first thin sheets of expanding ice. New snow and bitterly damp weather is set to arrive as I return from the high country. I can only imagine that I share with this man the love and enchantment for this place of raw forces. Why else would one come here, alone and so late in the season? This may be thin solace indeed for his loved ones. The landscape is yet unwilling to reveal his story. Faced with the immensity of landscapes such as these, which only scale upwards to the massive forces of the universe itself, we can be convinced that we are somehow insignificant. But what is the universe, if nothing more than an infinite collection of such insignificances, without which there would be nothing?
Thanks for listening. The music was Lightning Struck Here by the band Campfire Fight. And you can find out more about us, the Vagabond Naturalists, at vagabondnaturalists.com. Thanks.